It is very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan with you right to, well, certainly for the next hour or so anyway. And over the last four or five weeks, we have been banging on about free speech and the new legislation. But nobody is listening. It seems that everybody supports the new legislation. That's according to the Minister, Helen McEntee. And she said that much of the opposition to the Criminal Justice Bill or Incitement to Violence and Hate and Offences Bill 2022, she said, is based on disinformation. Speaking before the Shannon, Helen McEntee said that her attention had been brought to the campaign of disinformation. That's us, by the way, I'm assuming. And that has been accompanied by the legislation. She also stated it has included misleading claims by certain commentators on social media that the public consultation outcomes have been ignored. And she said, it has been said to me time and time again, and this is not true. She said, adding, this does not reflect the deep engagement that my department has with the key stakeholders. I'm assuming they're the NGOs, by the way. Questions are now being asked about who are the genders protected by the because the Equality Act of Ireland, of course, only ever mentions two genders, male and female. Yet the government seemed to struggle when you ask them how many genders that are actually protected by this legislation. Except for Regina Doherty, of course, and Fine Gael, who for some reason... Gave the number nine. I don't know where she got the number nine from. The last time I heard it, it was 79 or 109. I'm not too sure. That's a kind of unusual number. And Owen O'Brien, of course, from Sinn Féin said, well, he couldn't even answer what a woman was. So how can we even protect characteristics when we don't even know what they are? The Minister for Justice said, giving voices to those most affected by hate speech and hate crime was a hugely vital part of this process. And she alluded to the media by saying, some online criticism and commentary being amplified disproportionately, there has been overwhelming and significant support for inclusive and victim-centred legislation. So, according to the Minister, there's overwhelming support for this piece of legislation. Yes, I'm struggling to find them. And those NGOs that do support it, they won't go on the media and talk to anybody. Because, as far as they're concerned, it's deal done. Well, to talk to me a little bit more about it, a man I spoke to four weeks ago, or maybe it's five weeks ago now, Michael Schellenberger, who's an American author of many books and one of the authors of the Twitter files and famously a speaker on free speech. And he joins me on the line. Michael, good afternoon to you. It's good to be with you, Michael, we're on the last hurdle, it seems. Uh, the government go for their summer recess. They're like children going on summer school, summer holidays. They go missing for about two and a half months. Um, more than likely, the bill will go th sail through because it's now gone through the Senate. It's gone through the debates. And the, the minister, or should I say the president, will have to sign it more than likely uh, just after the summer recess. will probably be around uh, sometime around September. It looks like a done deal, but we're on the last fight. And I suppose you yourself have been tweeting what Helen McEntee has said. And you're deeply concerned, not just for Ireland, because, of course, if it goes through in Ireland, it goes through in the rest of Europe, they'll probably follow suit. I don't know about America. They they value their freedom of speech. Well, it is very concerning. I think it's important for people in Ireland to know that the whole world is watching. We see the legislation that the Irish uh, government, the majority, is pushing as a direct assault on the free speech rights of everybody everywhere because we believe that freedom of speech is a universal human right there was some suggestion by the justice minister that ireland is somehow behind the times that other countries are cracking down on free speech more than ireland that's simply not the case i can assure you we've done a pretty comprehensive global analysis of various attempts to restrict freedom of speech and ireland is far ahead with a very draconian proposal that the government cannot defend that when... Well, they are trying to defend us. They are, they're defending it vehemently. So because they are suggesting that it's needed to protect, uh, you know, these vulnerable groups. 
they need to protect people from being or for feeling discomfort, I think was the word used by a member of the Green Party. Actually, just let's play that quick clip of 30 seconds there by a member of the... Oh, we don't actually have it there, sorry. But uh, she obviously, Pauline O'Reilly from the Green Party, suggested that the, the people need to be protected from feeling unsafe or discomfort. Yeah, I should say they're unable to defend it using reason or evidence. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, the law would allow the police to go into people's homes unannounced, search your phones and computers, declare you guilty until proven innocent, it's basically a complete reversal of free speech and enlightenment standards of justice that have been in place for hundreds of years. I it, honestly, it's it's something that the only comparison might be to the Spanish Inquisition or uh, to some of the most totalitarian policies ever implemented. You know, I pointed out yesterday that never in the history, never in human history, have victims have vulnerable populations been served by censorship. Censorship has only served to victimize people. When you look at movements for human liberation across history, they are always accompanied by the demand that they have a right to say their, to represent their voice in public. And the, the people demanding censorship are never on the right side of history. They're never the good guys. They always say that they're doing so in order to protect some vulnerable group. So what you see here is nothing different from past totalitarian efforts. It's absolutely Orwellian in its uh, suggestion that somehow uh, they're doing this on the side of helping vulnerable people. Uh, vulnerable people need free speech. They don't need censorship. And what I find, what the, I find bizarre, Michael, is that only eight years ago, the same people who are advocating for this particular piece of legislation we're standing out on the streets after that tragedy, of course, in Paris, where people were killed, artists were killed for a cartoon, chanting Je suis Charlie, um, that they believe that artists should be able to, you know, put illustrations of the Prophet Muhammad and that nobody should be censoring anybody. So these same people were out demanding free speech. These same people were out in the referendum here in Ireland five years ago demanding we rid ourselves of these archaic blasphemy laws which we had in our country up to about five years ago. And yet now we have the same people demanding we bring in a separate set of blasphemy laws to protect other characteristics. Well, that's right. I mean, this is they're basically taking the side of, you know, censorious fundamentalists who uh, want to repress freedom of speech in the name of theocracy. That's what they're proposing here. They said she said in her own her own op ed contradicts itself, which was in the Irish Times yesterday. She mm -hmm. said. Uh, that we should not allow, uh, you know, hateful material. Well, I view her op-ed as hateful material. So, so should she be censored? Should she be considered guilty until proven innocent? Uh, the She's saying we're not going to censor opinions. And she used J.K. Rowling as an example on the radio last week, saying that J.K. Rowling wouldn't be prosecuted under this legislation. And she also used another example of Dermot Kennedy, who's a famous Irish singer, who made reference to the word knacker, uh, which is a derogatory term in Ireland towards members of the travelling community. And she said he wouldn't be prosecuted. But yet, members of the travelling community asked for an apology from Dermot Kennedy, suggesting that it was hate speech. So I think hate speech comes from the person who decides it's hate speech and not from the Minister for Justice. But her argument is, well, it'll be up to a judge to decide that. But I suppose from our point of view and everybody's point of view, the problem is the chilling effect. And the chilling effect is that people don't actually know 
if what they say could be prosecutable, therefore they will resist actually printing it or typing it or saying it. Well, and hold on a second. I mean, who is she to decide what other people should be allowed to say? Who is she to say what the people of Ireland should be allowed to say or read or write? Free speech is a fundamental human right. It, you're not a full human being if you are not allowed to express your views. And here she is going around saying, oh, no, I will allow that. No, it's not up to her to allow it. Uh, she, she, neither she nor a judge uh, should be up to them to allow it. We only restrict free speech in civilized nations in very narrow circumstances, immediate incitement to violence, fraud. But beyond that, it's, it's absolutely not acceptable to do what she's doing. The whole world is watching her. After I tweeted about it, it went absolutely viral. And you can see that there were 10 times more res responses to her, over 95% of which were negative on her proposal, than there were people retweeting and supporting her proposal. She claimed that the public supports her proposal. The journalist Ben Scallon counted 3,500 comments made in the public comment period, and 73% of them were negative on her proposal. So she's complaining about misinformation. She's the source of misinformation. We also, ran, we also ran a poll on our own Twitter account, which got over 11,000 votes. Not scientific, don't get me wrong. I assume a lot of those are my followers, uh, and many would lean towards my side of the, the argument. But they couldn't all be my followers, because many people retweeted it. And 97% of people said they didn't agree with it. The general public don't agree with it. Uh, the majority of the government do agree with it. And the NGOs, who have a vested interest, agree with it, because they don't want to be hurt or upset. Um, but that seems to be the only people. But she is insisting that this is getting public support. Right. So, so what you see. So, first of all, I, I think even many of the people that work in the NGOs don't really understand what they're signing up for. I don't think they understand that they themselves may be victimized by restrictions on freedom of speech. I don't. I think the vast majority of people that support censorship have no idea what they're doing. I, I think they're lost souls, deeply confused. But just look at their own standards. I mean, they, she says that this public supports her legislation. The public does not support her legislation. Therefore, she is spreading misinformation and under her own criteria should be censored. She claims that, that, that she should be able to censor hateful speech. She's engaging in hateful speech. She's expressing hatred towards people who have views that she doesn't like. So she is... Her, their own proposal is contradictory. And so I think that's a very important point to make here is that the, you let you allow expanded censorship as they're trying to allow, and it will come back and bite you. And, and this is the thing that the only logical position is the one held by Voltaire, which is that I may disagree with you, but I will defend to the death your right to express yourself. That's the only civilized position on free speech. These I mean, issues have mm. been debated hundreds of years ago. We've already, the society, Western societies have already decided there are views on free speech. The fact that we even have to have this conversation is absolutely appalling. I think the justice minister is way out of bounds here. Um, I think that uh, they, I encourage the Irish people to rise up against this legislation and to protest it, to vote that ruling party out of office. I will do everything in my power to support 
the good people of Ireland in demanding their free speech rights because we see a threat to the freedom of the Irish as a threat to all of our freedoms. I mean, it's something that would never happen in America, obviously, with the First Amendment in America. Well, I can never see it happening in America. The argument, of course, here is that we've had legislation since 1989. There's only been 50 prosecutions because, as you rightly said in the last time, we've never been a more tolerant society. And the reason we've only had 50 prosecutions is maybe there was nobody else to prosecute under the legislation. She said the reason that we'd only got 50 was because there was no definition of hate. Yes, we're, yet we're still not defining the word hate. And she said she's spoken to two attorney generals in relation to this and doesn't believe she needs to define the word hate, which means hate can essentially mean anything. It depends on how the other person feels. I mean, there's two parts to the legislation. I think the first part, nobody disagrees with, which is inciting violence against another person or an individual or a group. And I don't think anybody would generally disagree with that. I mean, when we talk about hatred, hatred is an emotion, which is very difficult to explain. I may say something right now that maybe somebody who's in a vulnerable class may say, well, that's hatred towards me or my group. Uh, and I'm out Nile boiling before the courts for a judge to decide. I mean, it's going to affect the media. It could possibly affect the media. It's going to affect people and what they might or what might want to say for fear that they will have the Garda Shia Khan knocking on their door, uh, taking all their devices. And if you refuse to cooperate, by the way, and don't give your passwords or PIN numbers for your phones, even if a Garda suspects you may be in possession of and don't even use, you can get a year in jail. She did give an example of that particular part of the legislation, which is being in possession of, even with the intention not to use. And she said, for example... If somebody was going, or which actually what she said was, if somebody was right wing and going to a protest, I don't know why she didn't say left wing. I've often seen left wing people hold posters up saying all tariffs should die, etc. So if somebody was right wing and going to a protest and they had banners in the boot of their car or the trunk of the car, as you would call it in America, and the police stop them, search the boot and find them, even though they haven't actually used them yet, they can be prosecuted under the legislation. I mean, she wants to arrest and criminalize people for the things they say and for the things on their telephones and computers i can't think of a more hateful thing than that i i just i i think i i have to say i i'm shocked by that this is still happening i think it's only thanks to you and ben scallon of gripped media and a few courageous senators i believe there's 30 senators mm -hmm. who have come out against the legislation you see and, I, and there's a few a few independent TDs as well. Uh, Patrick Tobin has been quite strong in relation to it, and Maddie McGrath and a few others. There has been a few independent TDs, but yes, uh, Senator Jerry Quagwell, uh, uh, um, Michael McDool, uh, Sharon Keoghan has been very strong, of course, in relation to this. There has been a few uh, that have been, that have, uh, I suppose, rallied up some of the troops against it, but not enough, unfortunately. And they're very nice about it. I mean, they're much nicer and calmer than I am about it. Um, <laughs> I find people in Ireland to be very sweet and very tolerant. And certainly your country has been through a lot. You uh, have a very difficult history. And I think one of the the ways that the, the Irish people have responded is with a lot of love in their hearts and tolerance. There's zero evidence, zero of any increase of hate speech in Ireland, just as there is no evidence of any increase of hate speech really anywhere in the Western world. And I think it's... Well, the minister, the minister has tried to say this, there has been an increase, but yes, there's no evidence of that. And the problem is, is that if you report a crime to the police, for example, on the phone or whatever it is, or whatever violence that happened to you, and you say it was motivated by hate, 
Well, they have to record that as being motivated by hate, even though you may not be defining a property or don't even prove that. So the, the problem is that we now have more reporting of it, but we actually don't right. have more crimes in relation to it. Every sociology 101 student learns that you must account for the increase of reporting and that the increase of reporting is not the same as the increase of incidents. We debunked the same trick is being used, by the way, everywhere in the world. We debunked the similar claim in California. We debunked a similar claim being made about anti-Semitism um, on Twitter. I, the dishonesty here, and I, I think the word has to be used, what these governments are doing is disinformation, the very thing that they claim to be cracking down on. They are lying about a society-wide increase of hate speech. They are very hateful themselves of minority views, of dissident views, of disfavored views. Why else would they be trying to shut people up? I think this has to be understood as a kind of panic by the elites that they don't control social media. I think there's been a panic around Brexit. I think that they just feel like they don't, they, you know, and some of these politicians, if we're being honest, are narcissists. They don't like it that people criticize them on social media. They're thin skinned and they want to shut people up. Well, tough. That's what life is like in the real world people criticize you, then don't be in politics, get out of politics. People want freedom. And we just gathered a group of people in London last week, and we had the great Russell Brand and Matt Taibbi and me, we did an event in London. It was an incredible event, hundreds of people came. The next day we met with leaders from around the world who are dealing with the criminalization of speech. It's very creepy what's happening because it's happening simultaneously. These government leaders appear to be working together. They're using the same tricks. Why do you think why do you think they're doing it, Michael? I mean, if there's a motive behind this or is there a motivation behind this? I don't think a lot of people are getting in a room together and deciding this is what we need to do going forward. But why do you why do you think well, Ireland seems to be the test bed for everything at the moment? Together. They are getting in a room together. They're getting in rooms together at the United Nations at the World Health Organization, at the World Economic Forum, and they're having, and sometimes they're broadcasting parts of it publicly. They're meeting at the Aspen Institute. They've been talking about this for years. They, they claim that, that other people's opinions are disinformation and should be censored. And they are actively lying. They're lying about an increase of hatred. They're lying about an increase of misinformation. This is psychological projection they're projecting their own fear and hatred of others onto the society which is dangerous for a society because I, I don't want to distract but of course if we go back two years ago anybody who posted either on facebook or twitter at that time before elon musk owned it that the uh, covid virus may have come from a lab in wuhan and been leaked of course was either banned from facebook would have had the post removed and been banned from facebook or twitter or both uh, whereas now we know that's most likely what happened. And it's only because people stood up and actually said it that it eventually got investigated. And now we know almost for sure that's exactly where it came from. And it wasn't somebody actually in a wet market uh, eating bats. That's right. They're, the people demanding censorship are the same people spreading lies or what they call disinformation. And we've seen that now in multiple cases. They said that Trump was a Russian agent and that they had proof that he was controlled by Vladimir Putin because 
prostitutes urinated on him in a bed. It was an absolutely ridiculous conspiracy theory. And they got the FBI to investigate the, the president of the United States for several years on that. And the media lapped it up. They said that COVID came from nature. We have multiple sources from within the federal government that told us and also told the Wall Street Journal. I don't know if they're the same sources, but nonetheless, the Wall Street Journal and we both reported that it was it came from the lab. And in fact, it was engineered and they had dismissed that as a conspiracy theory. So I think it's important that people train their brains so that if you hear elites, government officials calling something a conspiracy theory, they could very well be lying to you and they could be covering something up because that's what the record has been. And now they come along and they say, well, now we have to censor you. Censorship is what they demand when their propaganda stops working. And I think people are waking up around the world to this. I think that the elites are panicking about it. I think that's why they want censorship. They're full of anger and rage that they can't control what we say, that we can go onto Twitter and express our views. They can't stand it. Um, I think it's a. I suppose a new... this has only happened in the last 10 years, I suppose, with the awakening of social media has given everybody a platform, essentially. Whereas before, the only platform you would have got if you had had a letter published in a newspaper or you were lucky enough to get onto a radio station or television station in a public forum in some way. But now we all have that opportunity with just an account on social media to go viral or to say something publicly. Yeah, that's right. It's I, th I think it's sort of three broad things. It's the rise of the Internet that gives people voice. It's the fact that the war on terrorism succeeded and you have a lot of military and security people that needed something to do and they turned their very powerful weaponry on their own populations. And I think the third part of it is a reaction to Brexit and the election of Trump, neither of which, by the way, any reputable political scientist thinks is a result of social media. That was just a myth that they created. But nonetheless, they've used those events as a reason to gin up anxiety among their fellow elites and to demand a crackdown. I'm sorry to say some of it is organic as well. There's just a fair number of people that think of themselves as caring people, and they just can't stand the fact that other people have different opinions, and they call those people deplorables or they say they're populists or nationalists or fascists and they think of them as racists and anti-semites it's really quite despicable and disturbing the ways in which people have come to really particularly educated elites because the people that are demanding censorship are not the people that are working in factories or working bagging your groceries or driving taxis and buses and uber cars Mm -hmm. There are people that have went to university and that work at the big tech companies and work at the NGOs and work in the newspapers or work for members of parliament. They're haters. And it's a very old type. We all know who they are. They're snobs. They don't like their fellow man. They think they're better than us. And they want to be able to shut us up. And I think that we have to form a common alliance among people who maybe identify as conservative and people who maybe identify as liberal and people that maybe identify as libertarian, but people that ultimately love freedom of speech. And we agree with the founders of the Enlightenment who just, who figured it out hundreds of years ago. I mean, this was well, all figured well, out. It's the most bizarre situation that I've ever had in talk radio because I would be considered conservative or lean slightly to the right. Yet 
the callers that would come on regularly to ha- kind of have a go at me, which would be from the extreme left in some cases, some of them quite regular callers to my show. And yet they're actually in agreement as well that this is wrong um, because they realize, you know, the effect it could have on them as well. It could have the same chilling effect on the left, too because many of those would want to have a go at the Conservatives. But look, the only problem we have now is, as I said, the President is unlikely to refuse to sign it. Um, In Ireland, the President can refuse to sign a piece of legislation. He can send it to the Council of State, which in turn can send it off to the Supreme Court to test for constitutionality. And the Constitution of Ireland does say we don't have freedom of speech, but we have freedom of expression. And it says in that, it said it's limitless, by the way, according to the Constitution, that freedom of expression. There is no boundaries to that. So that could be tested for constitutionality. Failing that, I'm afraid we're going to be stuck with it, Michael, until we get a test case. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of people out there trying to test it. Maybe maybe it'll have the reverse effect. People will be saying, well, I've got to test this out and see how far I can go until somebody prosecutes me. And then we'll have a test case where everybody will be up in arms and realise exactly what we voted for uh, when it comes to an election. But we have a general election coming very, very soon. And I think people will vote with their feet. And Michael, thank you to you and to many people around the world who've taken an interest um, in Ireland's legislation, because, of course, as you rightly said, it affects the whole world, because if the Irish government can get away with it, well, the many other governments around the world, my Chancellor Armin, try that too. Hopefully, as I said, not in America. But many thanks to you. And I, only last night, again, I put up a tweet. Uh, again, and I mentioned Elon Musk, because, of course, he has tweeted in the past about it. And I got an un- unbelievable response again to that. And with that, I linked the last video, actually, the time we spoke together. Um, so it gives people a good understanding of exactly what we're talking about. Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show and I appreciate all your support, as do the people I know listening to this show. It's good to be with you and and I hope hope you can defeat the legislation. I really do. And we want to take your calls as well, by the way. Don't forget, that's really important. 085-122-55. That's 085-122-55. And as you listen to Michael Schellenberger saying, we're on the last hurdle, essentially. As you know, the government go on holidays now. Um, literally, they're like school children. They head off for nearly, nearly three months. The president will sign this piece of legislation. People are suggesting that maybe the president won't sign it. I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, I fear that President Higgins will sign this piece of legislation. Um, I personally believe that he should send it forward to the Supreme Court for test for constitutionality. So it may take a test case after he signs it um, to actually, uh, I suppose, combat this piece of legislation. And again, I want to point out and say from the very outset that nobody is condoning hatred. Nobody is condoning violence against anybody. It's wrong in every shape or form. And part of the legislation, which goes back to the original legislation of 1989, which is the incitement to hatred and violence, nobody has an issue with that. If you're violent against somebody or you assault somebody or you physically hurt somebody and it's motivated by hatred, I don't care what happens to you. Go to jail. I couldn't care less. But if you're speaking, depending on what you say, other people might, I suppose deem that as hatred or they might interpret that as hatred because they don't like your opinion. Um, Should that be hatred? According to the minister, that's really up to the courts to decide. But I don't want people going to court for what they say. Uh, I have some messages coming in. Hi, Niall. I'm a 20-year-old gay man from Philadelphia and moved to Ireland a year ago. I would support a hate crime bill that was aimed at tackling targeted abuse against a particular individual or group of people. However, the proposed legislation is vague and active uh, safeguards for freedom of speech are in place. If the government's concern is that there are no hate speech laws on the books, they could easily copy uh, verbiage uh, from legislation um, in the USA and Canada, which I believe strikes the right balance between protecting against hate speech and ensuring public dialogue and controversial issues that can occur. I feel that there is a 
culture in Ireland of people uh, taking respectful criticism as a personal affront and giving that the bar for defamatory actions is low in the legal system here. Much more scrutiny of this legislation should be warranted. Well, I'm glad to hear you saying that as a gay man, um, that we need more scrutiny on this legislation. And by the way, I believe, and I please don't think I'm encouraging it, but people should be go on, able to go on Twitter or Facebook or publicly on a platform and say, I don't agree with homosexuality. I'm a Christian, for example. And you can call them a bigot if you want to. And people should be allowed to do that. I don't care if it hurts somebody's feelings. That's just the way it is. And that's what people do. That's called debate. You might not like it. Some people might not like it, but it should be allowed. Now, let's take your calls. The number is... 085-100-2255. That's 085-100-2255. Let me go to Anna first, if I can. Anna, how are you doing? Hi, Niall. How's it going? Good, Anna. I mean, this hate speech legislation, I mean, again, I want to say nobody is condoning hatred or nobody's condoning violence of any shape or form, but it, does it go too far? I think it does. And I think one of the problems around it is nobody actually knows like what this law is covering, like anybody I speak to are saying they don't agree with it. Um, listen to your show there a few weeks ago, and you did say that if you don't agree with this, to get on to your local TDs, whatever. So I actually sent an email to a couple of them in my area in Dublin West here, and most of them acknowledged it. The only one that came back to me, though, was Roger Gorman, and I actually sent on a copy of the email. I have, it. I have it here in front of me here, yes. I have the copy of the yeah, email. Yeah, what he said. I've read it a couple of times. I guess the first part, yeah, no problem with that, just as you said, about the violence. But the rest is just wishy-washy. And I just don't think that people actually understand what it is. Well, the, I, I'll read out a bit of the email that was sent back to you, okay? So he says, the he goes on about the, you know, hate-motivated assault, which we all agree, right? Criminal damage, et cetera, et cetera, assault, physical damage to people, which are already, by the way, there's already legislation there to protect people against assault. But either way, I have no, I have no opposition to, if that's motivated by hatred, I have no opposition to putting people in jail because if you hurt somebody or physically assault somebody, you deserve to go to jail. Anyway, but he got, also goes on then to say, the bill will also criminalise any intentional or reckless communication or behaviour that is likely to incite violence violence or hatred against a person or persons because they are associated with a protected characteristic. That could invariably mean anything. I mean, if you say something, I can't be... Like, if I say something on Twitter tomorrow, I can't be responsible if somebody else reads that and goes, oh, yeah, I hate those people too. I'm going to go out and hurt one of them. You know, I, I can't be responsible for that. Anyway, a lesser offence of preparation or possession of material likely to incite violence or hatred has been included to cover those who create or possess material that would incite violence with the intention of communicating it but have not yet done so. In other words, if you have something on your laptop or your phone or a banner in the boot of your car or whatever it is, you haven't actually used it you know, it's a thought maybe you had that maybe was an incorrect thought or whatever. I don't know. You can also be charged under the legislation, even though you haven't actually done anything. Um, importantly, the bill also includes a general provision to protect genuine freedom of expression and clarifies that a communication is not taken to incite violence or hatred solely on the basis that it involves a discussion or criticism of matters relating to protected characteristics. I hope this clarifies the intention behind the bill. Kind regards, Roger O'Gorman. So, I mean, I'm just as confused now, and I'm sure you are, as when you wrote the original uh, letter to him. Yeah, yeah, and it just feels like it's all about control with the with the government. I mean, every day when I go on Twitter, I swear, like I've never felt so bitter and hated towards the government in the in my, like. Well, I I'm, I'm getting older and stuff like that, but I'm probably more aware of what's going on. But it's just everything. They just seem to really, really just like piss me off. Sorry, but yeah. like, they are. They're just pushing limits. And I mean, like, where does it end? They're going to bring this in, and where does it stop? Like, they can bring it. Like, I mean, how many legislation, like laws? 
could we bring in that would be better for the country? Like, but they are able to bring this one in. Like, you know, I just think because it suits them for what's currently going on. Like, for example, the whole refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one to silence people. Like, you can't even have an opinion now. If you say that you don't agree with it, you're called racist. I mean, what's being racist if you're saying that you're genuinely concerned about people that are being brought into the country that are undocumented? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I you're, think you're entitled to hold that view if you want to. People may not agree I with it, but you're entitled to hold that view. I think the bill will go through now. I mean, hopefully, it the will president go will, you know, hold it. It will go through, and it'll go through because. The Irish people are letting it go through. They're sitting back and they're giving out on Twitter, but no one's actually doing anything about it. It's the same thing about the, the refugee crisis. You have people in Ballymore and East Wall protesting, but there's no support there from anyone else. Everyone's just sitting quiet going, well, I hope it doesn't happen to my area. Do you know, and like, this is why... Well, isn't that the thing? It's, it's not happening in their area, so they're not worried about it. It's kind of exactly. not in my backyard. And uh, there was a story in the yeah, paper the other so, day out of 7,000 refugees that have come into Ireland or people seeking international protection who are being currently accommodated. Only six are in Dublin 4. Um, which which goes to show you that's why they're all running around with the t-shirt saying everybody's welcome uh, and you know and people are welcome provided they're genuine refugees and look, coming from a war-torn country and need our support but as we all know uh, many are not genuine and that needs to be sorted out but the government are not tackling that situation even though 76% of the population in the Red Sea poll said we we should stop taking in refugees we've let in too many but but you are right but here's the thing getting back to what we're talking about if you say something about that there is a danger that you could be encouraging hatred or inciting hatred. Um, and that could be deemed as that or by definition, I don't know. Uh, if there'll be a case taken against somebody who might have a placard in the car saying refugees go home or something like that. Don't get me wrong. I don't agree with roaring up at the windows of hotels where the refugees are staying, you know, go home or whatever it happens to be because not every one of them is the same. But in saying that, you know, people have a right to do it. I don't agree with them, but they have a right to do it. Yeah, but you see that poll there that you just mentioned, 72% of people don't agree with it. Yeah. And then like this one as well, to do with this legislation, Helen McEntee is saying that there is support there. But where is it? I mean, is she lying? Because anyone that I speak to is saying they don't agree with it. And the poll that you've done there, nobody agrees with it. So they're just going to make it up as they go along. They're going to do what they want anyway. See, Regardless my, my concern is, and I spoke to Michael Schellenberger, that the minister said during the week, for example, that J.K. Rowling wouldn't be prosecuted under the legislation, which was asked. Also, Dermot Kennedy, the singer, many made comments uh, in relation to the word knacker during the week uh, in an interview in Canada. And they, she said, oh, no, that wouldn't come under the legislation, although members of the travel community did say that was inciting hatred. Um, so it, it kind of got me thinking, and Michael Schellenberger said it in the interview there, that she's deciding what is and isn't hatred. In other words, she's deciding what you can and can't say. And I find that really totalitarian, that you've got a justice minister telling you how you can speak and what you can say. And, and I just find that bizarre that we're living in a world yeah, now where politicians are telling just, us what we can and can't say. You want people to be afraid to open their mouths, so you just want to silence people. That's what I think it's all about anyway. Well, let, well, I mean, we'll say... Okay, let me, let me go to Steve as well. Just want to go to Steve first, and I'll come to Stephen and John in a second. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. Well, uh, sure look, lads. I, I think the other Stephen is talking by accident there. Who, 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 who's Steve? Which Steve are you talking to? I'm talking to, to you. I'm talking to you, Steve. Oh, grand, grand. Look, I'm in full support of the hate speech uh, bill. And I, let me ask you guys a question. Have any of you read it? I have. Okay. And where exactly do people particularly have a problem with this? Because all I'm hearing right now, from the likes of yourself and the lady that's on the phone that there may be an overreach of powers, like somebody with, you know, signs in their backpack going somewhere. 
you're only concerned about the overreach of powers. We've always been told what we can and can't say. No, we haven't. Always. There's all, no, yes, we haven't. We have. No, you take personal no, responsibility. Well, hang on. You take personal responsibility for what you say, I, but it was never illegal. Uh, hold on a second. If I was to go into a crowd of black people and start screaming mm-hmm. the N-word, I could be done for incitement to hatred or racism. Nobody, I, as far as I know, as far as I know, there hasn't been a single prosecution in this country in relation to something like that. Exactly, there you go. So unless, unless there was violence, unless there was violence attached to it. And there, and this is my point. So at the end of the day, there's already these. You should, by the way, if you do something like that, you're wrong, and you should be embarrassed by it, and you should take personal responsibility because you will be vilified because you are a racist if you do something like that. But but should you you go to should you go to jail? Probably not. Well, look, it it really depends on what your motivation is, and let, let's let's also talk about discretion because in all of these cases, it's really up to the judge who determines what hate is. Yeah, but I don't, but I don't want to, and Anna doesn't want to, and maybe John is going to come on there. Doesn't want. Well, hang on, they don't want to be before a judge for a judge to decide who is a judge to tell you what you can and can't say. We're not talking about violence here. We're talking about what you can and can't say. It depends on the context of what you can and can't say. There are things you are not allowed to say in public. I'm not allowed to verbally assault a police officer. I'll get into that's a, Well, that's that. under the Public so Order Act. But hang on, that's completely. Well, exactly. hang on, that's a completely different situation. If you it's if you verbally ass, if you verbally if you verbally abuse a member of Angarda Shea that's currently legislation under the Public Order Act. That's a completely different kettle of fish. And if I hold, whoa, 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 hold on a second. If I because you're not cooperating with that, the police. If I hold up a sign that is abusing the guards or say the words, what is the difference? I, well, you on a regular basis, you will see protests where people shout and roar at the guards and call them names. They don't all get arrested. Absolutely. And here's the thing, Niall. You know and everybody else knows that when this legislation comes in, and it will come in... Who are you trying to protect, by the way? Say, I, I'm wondering, Steve, who are you trying to protect? Very few. Let me finish you will see very few cases in the court. Why? Because people use common sense, people use discretion. And, and people and people will be afraid and people will be afraid to talk because this legislation will have a chilling effect on what Anna or John or maybe Stephen's gonna come on in a minute or what they might and might not say online. They'll have a chi- no. it'll have a chilling effect. Now hold on. I, again I want to say I don't condone mm. people you know, using nasty, vile, and even encouraging violence online. Well, I don't condone it. The, that's what no, but, the that, bill but that's is for. that is not what the bill is for. That's what part of the bill that's is for. And, abs- no, 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 and by no, the way, no. I don't disagree mm. with part of that bill. I've said it about five times already. But let, let me just no, say, let, well, hang on. Let me just go back to Anna. I'm, uh, Anna, you know, Steve has mentioned before he's a gay man. Um, and obviously he believes that protected characteristics like homosexuality should be protected, that people shouldn't be allowed to be abusive towards minorities online. I never said that. Well, that's what you're saying. No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everybody deserves the exact same protection. Just because I'm in a minority doesn't mean that I deserve more protection than another person. So I'd appreciate it if you don't put words in my mouth. That's exactly Thanks. what you're saying. Back sorry, 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 back to Anna. Yes, yeah, sorry, Anna. Yeah, he agrees with the legislation, Anna, because he, in other words, if you're, if you're going to behave yourself, well, then you've nothing to fear. Exactly. Well, look, that's it. That's his opinion. He's read the bill in full. Look, I actually, I haven't read the bill in full. Um, then don't like, have an yeah, opinion I, on it. That's ridiculous, Steve. No, please, I, I, I'm please, please, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Please don't be rude to her. Please, thank like, you. Like I do have an opinion because what I got back from Roger Gorman is wishy washy. There doesn't say in there what's going to be classified as hate speech. So they just well do the legwork. Don't be lazy. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if, you're confu- if you're confused, if you're confused by it, that's your own fault. 
It's nobody else's. Read it. Nobody, but hang on, nobody, but, but hang on, no. with the greatest respect, Steve, people don't go out. I guarantee you that 90% of the politicians that vote for this haven't read the legislation. So don't come across like that. People have a general gist of what's in the legislation. If it's been discussed in the media for the last four or five weeks, they have, they have a fair idea what it's about. They know that the word hatred or hate in the bill is not defined. That's yeah, the most important yeah, that's part exactly of it. what it is. Okay, stay there. No, no, well, mm. stay there. Let no, me just go. On, go, on, go on. Oh, yeah, well, let me go to John. John, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's cl- or you're on the Nile Boiling podcast. Yeah, how are you, John? All right, Nile. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, my 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 take on this is just a total uh, to take control of you. That's my take. Uh, it's what it's what the, what the visions we had of Russia years ago when no one could speak a word against any government officials or any anybody in power. You'd go to the gulag, you'd be locked up. But we're just we're on the slippy slope now on the way up to stuff like that. It's uh, to me most of this is, is originating from all these protests from um, from the refugee protesting people, you know, and it's a way to shut anyone up that will that can speak at these, uh, you know, like it's not everybody can speak mm-hmm. in front of people, but it's the way it, it's like that man Stenson or Stenson, like yeah, yeah, yeah it's like like the way of uh, getting him out of the way, you know. Do mm. you think so? You think it's designed uh, and, to silence and I think, people? I think you're probably on the radar as well now. So, oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you think it's well? You think it's designed to silence people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm, made, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Such, yeah. I'm not no, disagree. they've made such a hand to the country with it. You know, with mm. you know, like it, it. You can't feel their own, and we're taking in half the war. Now, what sense does that make? So there's people here need need help badly, and they're, they're getting put down the list. I mean, Steve, I, I read an article there recently, Steve, where politicians were saying nobody wants to become a politician anymore because of the the abuse they get online. I get abuse online all okay. the time. If you're going to become a politician and you're making decisions that affect the country and affect all the people around you, including all the people who voted for you as well, you know, you have mm-hmm. to have a thick skin. This idea yeah, that we're going to wrap everybody up in cotton wool is bonkers. Look, no, nobody. I'm not. Man, I, some people are, but I'm not saying that. I am not saying that. Um, what most people are getting wrong here, including the guy that's on there now, is saying that this bill is designed to silence people. Are you all so bleeding stupid? Like, really stupid? No, I think, I think you're... Well, well, I, well when, you, when you consider that a recent poll that we've done of 11,000 people, 97% of people said they were against the bill, including those on the left and the right. 97% uh, well, of them didn't read it. Well, well, oh, so they all didn't read it. So you did, and the yes, rest of them didn't. And they're smile. all stupid, and you're the perfectly sane yes. person. I think, yes. I think maybe yes. you should rethink Absolutely. that a little bit. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on a second. So the woman that was on air, she didn't read it. Now let's ask the guy that's on air, did he read Either. Go ahead, John. Well, well, yeah. Well, I just gone to school and I was told that sticks and stones may break me bones, but names will never hurt me. So, did you read the bill? Now? Yeah. No, I didn't. No. Did you read? I, there I, you go. Yeah. So, yeah, you're great, aren't you, Steve? Stop going on about it as if you're some sort of intellect or something like that, because you're clearly not. Just because people haven't read the whole piece of legislation, as I said already, most politicians who voted for it haven't read the whole piece of legislation. Everybody has a fair idea what it, the whole damn thing is about. Nobody has an issue, again, with the first part of the bill, which is the incitement of violence. Or, you know, if somebody, for example, beats somebody up because they're gay, or beats somebody up because they're trans, or beats somebody up because they're black, absolutely you should go to jail. You should go to jail anyway, because it's a 
assault and they should throw away the key. Nobody has an issue with that. The part people have an issue is is the hate speech part. Just the speech. Not the violence, just the speech. Listen to what people are saying. Listen, open your little listening ears, but you're not opening them because you have a one-track mind. Do you think it's advisable to say to people, you know, if you're going to make a decision on anything, only take in 10% of the information because the other 90% is, is useless. Get a grip. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the majority of the legislation is similar to the 1989 legislation, which is fair. I think it's absolutely fair. You should not be inciting violence. You should not be violent towards anybody. You should not be hating on people intentionally or causing people to hate on people intentionally. But in saying that, we have to define the word hate. Stay there for a second. I need to come to Alex, but I need to go to Stephen very quickly first as well. Stephen, how are you doing? You're on our, uh, the Nile Boylan podcast. I'm fine, thanks. So I am a gay man as well. I'm 34. I have a fairly thick skin in my 30-odd years. Um my, I want to kind of ask a couple of questions to slightly unpick it for everybody that's listening. So, what do you mean by hate, Niall? You've used it several times in the discussion. What, do you, what would you define hate as? Hate is an emotion. Hate can be, I suppose, interpreted differently from person to person. I could say something to you um, that you might define as hatred towards your community, um, but I may not. It may not just to me. It's just an opinion. You may say something to me that mm-hmm. I might define as hatred, but that is just an opinion. It's a very difficult word because it's an emotion. It's hard to define. Yeah, but it, 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 but it has been defined in several places, and I've, I, only I don't have it in front of me. I'd read you the three definitions I read you the last time. But what is your definition of hate? Where? What does it mean? What does it evoke in you? It's a very difficult. It's a very difficult word to define, as I said, because okay. it because well, it is. Listen, it's what, like what is happiness? You know, a feeling of joy. What is hatred? A feeling of contempt yeah. towards another person, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Contempt, yeah. fear, bias, uh, an intense dislike, bias, whatever it is. Yeah. All of these words. So there's several definitions for yeah. you, and the reason it's not defined in the law is that it it is the it is covered under the interpretation laws that say that. Generally speaking, words that are considered to be generally understood by the majority of the population do not need to be defined in legislation. Well, Aon O'Riordan did want it defined as hate in, in, because uh, he wanted some line substituted in the legislation at the time when it first went. Mm. And he said hatred includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry. Hatred means mm. a state of mind characterized as an intense or irrational emotion of enmity, uh, dissension against a person or a group of persons in the state elsewhere on account of their membership or presumed membership of a group defined by reference to protected mm. characteristics. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. I, I'd be all in favor of that. Well, hang, well, hang on. I, bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry. They shouldn't be illegal. Why would, why would you make bigotry illegal? Because it's not what you're... It's, the, the bill is not designed to tell you that you cannot say this about... Well, it is. ...or Muslims or... It, well, it, 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 well, it, it is. is designed, it, no, it is designed to hold you to account... But if I, if, I, if I was a Christian... Stephen, if I was a Christian, which I'm not, so I couldn't care less, right? But if I was a Christian and I turned around and said, as a Christian, I believe that homosexuality is a sin. Man should not lie with mankind, I think is the line they quote all of the time, right? Um, mm. uh, because obviously Christians have an issue with homosexuality, right? Um, that's, mm. that's bigotry, okay? We all know that's bigotry. But should the person mm. who says that go to jail or be prosecuted if they say it publicly if or online? If they're using it... If it 
if they're using it to justify attacks or uh, stigmatization or criminalization or discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community, yes. If they're just expressing it as an opinion, no. So who, de- so who decides that? So, so let's say, let's say, for example, as, as a Christian, said, let's say as a Christian, I go online and I put that up online. I hate, and I'm just using this as an example because I don't hate gay people, right? Um, mm, okay. I know. So I put up online, I hate gay people because I'm a Christian and homosexuality goes against the laws of God. Man should not lie with mankind. They're evil sinners, right? And somebody reads that and goes, he's bloody right. I completely agree with him. I'm going to go and beat up a gay man today. Now, am I responsible for that? Arguably, no, because a similar thing happened with Lawrence Fox in that he put up the rainbow swastika on his thing and a person who retweeted it and used it as a justification for what they were saying and doing got arrested for it. Conveniently, Lawrence was recording the whole arrest because he got wind of it. Um, and Lawrence hasn't been prosecuted for it. The, the retired sergeant in, in the UK has been prosecuted for it because it's, it's, you're using a Nazi symbol uh, as propaganda to say that the the LGBTQ plus community are dangerous and evil. I mean, people cetera, shouldn't do stuff. I mean, look, Stephen, I don't disagree. People, people shouldn't, shouldn't do stuff do. like that. But but here's yeah. the thing. I, I, I'm completely in agreement with you. I mean, anybody who wants to use a swastika for any purpose whatsoever, by the way, is sick. Right? So people shouldn't do that kind of thing. And I completely agree with you. And I agree with what Steve was saying earlier on as well. But in saying that, mm-hmm. I still don't believe somebody should be criminalised. Somebody went around uh, the UK there about two weeks ago with a T-shirt on it in relation to the people who had been killed in Manchester in the bombing. Or uh, something along the lines of whatever it was, 54 wasn't enough or something like that, right? Uh, they were arrested and charged. The T-shirt they wore is disgusting. It's despicable. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Should they go to jail for it? I'm going to say no. Uh, because as much as I believe it's despicable and disgusting and horrible and offensive... I don't believe we should jail people for what is essentially a thought, be it that of hatred or otherwise. You know, if the person went around beating people up with the t-shirt on for some reason in Manchester, I would agree. No, but do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I you're, fight you're for your of, right to speak, of, Stephen. Too, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, for everybody's oh, absolutely. right. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And section seven three of the of the legislation, which is repeated in several parts of the legislation allows for all of the people that are on that are going to call into this, including Michael Schellenberger and everyone else, to have their right to speak because it's in the general public interest. So media is not affected by it. Majority of the population are not affected by it unless and until like this person with the T shirt is condoning an attack. That's what they're doing. I, well, I, I'd like to see that in practice and see how it works out. Stay there with me for a second, Stephen, if you oh, can. Hi. Yeah, well, Stephen, stay there, please. I, I don't want to see anybody going before a judge, by the way. Um, Alex, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic It's Radio from Free Speech Ireland. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well now. Thank you. Um, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I did say Ireland's Classic It's. I meant to say now that I have in podcast. I do, do apologise. <laughs> okay, That's a fair complete force of habit. Um, so, Alex, in relation to what Stephen was saying, he believes that your speech is protected under the legislation. Even though the word hate is not defined, it is protected. That if it's only an opinion, you've nothing to worry about. And really, we're all kind of overreacting, I suppose. So I'll tell you what concerns me. Um, specifically, specific or Stephen said that um, there is legislation that says certain definition, if they are, uh, if it's covered by what the public believes a certain definition is, that you can use that in the courts. The issue with that is something like hate is a constantly progressing definition. So it's 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 something which, if you were to say, like maybe the term racist, 
10 years ago, racism meant something very different colloquially to what is being used now. So now when we hear racism, we hear maybe half the public uh, uh, say that racism is systematic racism and there's nothing to do with prejudice. It's to do with somebody's position in life and you can be uh, born with privilege uh, mm-hmm. depending on the color of your skin or where you're at. And this is like hate is kind of being manipulated in that way as well. And um, sometimes people think like maybe a controversial political opinion is hate speech. If it comes from a cleric, if it comes from somebody who might be a traditionalist conservative, it might even have to be religious. And that's what really worries me is that it's constantly shifting definition. And this is what was brought up in the Shannad uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was by Lisa Chambers. And she brought up that point exactly that this is going to be a definition which might be completely different in 10 and 20 years time. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do need to define them. Another thing I will say is um, uh, McEntee, Justice Minister McEntee, did say that she wanted the definition to be vague to increase prosecutions, believing that the 50 prosecutions that we've had in the last uh, 30-something years since the Incitement to Hate Act in 1989 is not enough, and using a bar of increased prosecutions is, I guess, to her... But we do, but we do, we do accept, Alex, the world has changed since 1989, and the, and the legislation had to be amended anyway to, to reflect a new world that we live in. So we, we do accept that to some degree. For sure. I guess, like, I mean, the Internet is, is like, wasn't really around in 1989. Social media has exploded in the last 15 years. Yeah, maybe the, the, the legislation does need to be updated. But the thing is, is um, anything that restricts free is something which uh, we have Free Speech Ireland are near 100% against, um, mm. if I just put it that way. Um, well, there you go, Stephen. Uh, you know, the legislation did need to be updated, but it did need to be changed radically, which is what we're doing. And this idea that hate, like racism, like prejudice, like bias, are evolving words. Uh, and, you know, I, we have to agree with that because we have seen how the world has changed over the last 10 years just by the very nature of the fact that I'm white. I have white privilege of some description, so I'm told. Um, and we're told on a regular basis, even that, you know, I, I saw an article there in the paper of a, a girl in the UK uh, who got braids in her hair and the other class members accused her of racism because she wasn't black. So, I mean, the, the word racism has changed. The word hatred has changed. And if that word keeps evolving, we won't be able to open our mouths, Stephen. Well, words always evolve. And even if we did or didn't, even if we did define hate in this current bill, it can be amended five years, ten years down the line and most likely would be again to keep up. But I think the, the point he's making is why, why put the word speech in at all? Incitement to violence, incitement, yeah, incitement to do, violence, where crime. Incitement of any, where does incitement come from? It comes from the speech and other actions of other people and becomes the social contagion that everyone... But we all, when somebody makes a serious comment, on even online, because it's in publication according to the 1989 legislation, it's still kind of covered under the legislation. If somebody goes mm-hmm. online and says, I believe everybody should go out and beat up people of a certain characteristic or kill people of a certain characteristic, that's already illegal. There's one thing I might bring up uh, when it comes to the uh, definition of incitement or incitement within the bill. Uh, this is something which Regina Doherty, the uh, Fine Gael Shanna leader, brought up last week. Is Within Section 9, it does state that regardless of whether uh, the communication was successful in inciting something to hatred or violence, it is still prosecutable. So I can understand in the case where maybe you post up online that, hey, go out and, uh, you know, do violence to this group, uh, kill this group of people, kill this person. Of course, that's illegal. But if it was successful in inciting somebody to hatred, that's something which I think is completely wrong. If it was unsuccessful in inciting somebody to hatred, complete, uh, it should be completely irrelevant. It should be irrelevant entirely if somebody is, is uh, hate posting online, so to speak. 
But it does say in Section 9 that regardless of whether, whether incitement was successful or not, it's still prosecutable and uh, punishable with up to two years imprisonment. Because the intent was there to try and get people to do that. The intent. The intent. So, so, now, it's, so, now, so now it's about the intent. Yeah, the person who was intending, the person who thought this was a, this is, you know, my chance to use my freedom of speech and absolutely should, but they intended on getting a majority of people or a couple of people to go and attack this group of people or that group of people. I am sure if the Gardaí were successful in seizing any of the the phones or anything like that, of anyone who burned down the, the refugee encampment, they would find an entire WhatsApp thread or maybe not WhatsApp. So that's it's an incitement to violence. Telegram, that's not an incitement that is to... incitement to violence based on the hated characteristic. Okay, so you can have things even, like incitement even, even to violence. Just, even if you can't prove or justify that it was, and it, it was motivated because of the fact that there were refugees, it is still a criminal offence, one way or another. And people going on about the, that the guardie can arrive on your doorstep and go, we would like all of your laptops, please. We would like all of your phones, please. They can do that anyway. That's what a search warrant is. They have to convince a judge that... Well, they, well, well, they, they well hang on. Yeah, no, 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 with, with respect. No, hang on, Stephen. Let's get the things correct. They can do that provided they believe you've committed a crime. Oh, hang on. They do that provided they believe you've committed a crime. This is a new. Again, the guy yep. using their understanding of the law. Absolutely. As it stands. Okay, provided they believe or they suspect you've committed a crime, they can get a warrant from a judge to go in and. and, and okay. Same for when. Okay, but, but this is a new crime. So, in other words, yes, you're right. If you had weapons in your house or firearms in your house or fireworks in your house or drugs in your house, they can get a warrant to go into your house if they suspect that to search your house for those uh, things that may be illegal. This is now a new crime that you may have something on your phone that could, could be considered hatred. This is a new mm. crime. So they go to a judge, they say, we think he might have a meme somebody sent to him yesterday saying, you know, all gay people, all trans people, all black people or whatever it is, or this, that, the other. That he might have that on his phone. Can we have a warrant to go in and take his phone? Let's get it. We're, we're getting down to silly season. We're getting into thought crimes now. So even if you've got something on your phone and you receive it from somebody else and you've no intention of ever using it, or if you have a billboard, as the minister said, in the back of your car, say you're heading to a protest and you have a billboard in the back mm. of your car saying, refugees go home, and you haven't even mm. used it yet, the guards can arrest you. So one thing I'd like to bring up to that is like just to specify and to emphasize that this would be like um, if they found materials which could possibly incite somebody to an emotion, to hatred. And then just the way that definition is fluid and it doesn't mean everything to every different person. And um, this was something which was brought up by Paul Galvin two weeks about uh, Paul Gavin two weeks ago, Senator Paul Gavin, the Sinn Féin uh, deputy leader in the Shannon that maybe the issue of Palestine versus Israel, if somebody was to have something like leaflets in their house, which was one side or the other, depending on what the majority think in the country, which side is right, could it be taken as anti-Semitic or Islamophobic? Some of these issues are really hot topic and nobody fully agrees on them. So if somebody had a leaflet that said something like Brits out or, you know, uh, uh, Zionists out, Palestinians out, um, it might mean different things to different people. It might call something like the Israeli regime an apartheid regime. It might call for um, saying that uh, Israel is the land truly really belongs to the Jews. It could be invective, it could be a sort of material which is, is heated, but this would possibly be illegal under the legislation. And that's why Sinn Féin has done something of a U-turn and said now it is against the legislation as is. I, I mean, we've had other situations, Stephen, and I spoke to uh, Pauline O'Reilly from the Green Party the other night on the radio, and I said four years ago I interviewed a Holocaust denier. And 
I really enjoyed the interview because the guy was so mm. cracked, but I but but there was a level of intelligence in the man. And I tried to wonder I was trying to understand why he believed what he believed. What he believed was despicable, of course. Uh, but I was trying to understand why he believed what he believed. And I think that's really important that we listen and we understand why people believe that and then we can correct that information. But if we if we're not allowed to listen anymore, I mean under the new legislation that would also be, by the way, illegal to be a Holocaust. It wouldn't, but anyway. Well it is it is in the legislation to be Sorry, a Holocaust. It is, it is, it is in the legislation. The conversation you had with him would not be illegal. The fact that he is a Holocaust denier probably would be Yeah, illegal. well, I, I don't think I'd be allowed to platform him anymore, that's for sure. Um, it does... You're allowed to do it because it's protected under, and, and because it's general discourse on a, on a topic that's considered important to the... Well, I, I, I don't know how a judge would feel. I don't know how a judge would feel about it. But I, I do get the point that Alex making. You know, there are two sides to a debate. You might not like the other side of the debate. For example, currently the moment of the war between Ukraine and Russia, there are people who sympathise with Russia. I don't, but there are people who do. I want to hear them. I want to hear what they have to say. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I want to know yeah. what they have to and say the, because the, I want to understand this. There's usually more than two sides, and the truth is always in the middle of all of these sides. You know, that's and so I. But, but isn't that the fear? That, that's but, the only reason but I isn't that the fear? Into you. Yeah, but I mean, when when I listened to Helen McEntee, I, I think Michael Schellenberger was right. When you listen to Helen McEntee and she was asked, you know, is J.K. Rowling okay? Yeah, that'd be fine. What Dermot Kennedy said about travellers, even though travellers said it was hate speech, by the way, the members of the travel community said it was hate speech. Was mm. that okay? And she said, oh yeah, he wouldn't be prosecuted under the law. When I hear a woman, you know, a justice minister standing there telling me what she believes, I can and can't say. Now we're in a very dangerous situation where we've got a government minister telling you what, and they decide, well, that's okay. You know, you can say that, that's okay. Oh, you can't say that, but, but you can say that, that's okay. Telling you what you can and can't say. That's, that's unbelievable. What point in history are we at, Stephen? Yeah, but the bill, is, as I said, is not to tell you what you can and cannot say. It's simply to hold you to account to stuff that you might have said or done. That's all it is. The bill does not tell you that you can't say gays are paedophiles or trans people are a threat to women or refugees are a threat to society and they're going to replace us all. You know, so why, why, it's not why saying that you that can't okay? say that. It is, it is simply saying, it, it, this is my point, it is saying that the people that have heard this have said that this is not okay, this is not acceptable, we would like the state to do something about this and investigate it. And if the state, if the Gardaí then investigate it and decide that it, is, it warrants going to the Director of Public Prosecutions, then the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, can decide whether or not it goes before a judge. And if it, they decide that it is going to go before a judge, it'll be fucking five or six years before it gets before a judge. Because yeah, nobody wants to be arrested, though. That's nobody the way the system arrested. works. They'll be arrested, it's- questioned... Possibly charged, and if they are charged, then it goes to the Director of Public Prosecutions. If it's not, if so they're this, not charged, this is where it's then very, they don't get a criminal. But it, okay, yeah, sorry, but sorry, Alex. Very quickly, people shouldn't have to defend themselves in court over something that they have said. Even if they do get exonerated by a jury or by a judge or however it's going to be done, they shouldn't have to be in that circumstance where they have to defend what they said. Their reputation would be destroyed long before they actually get exonerated, especially if it does take years. You know. Um, and then, like, as you were saying earlier about somebody like Lawrence Fox, who uh, he uh, should have been prosecutor or he got off or maybe associating uh, the gay community with Nazis using um, a swastika. Well, why isn't calling all gay people an incitement to hatred? Uh, we would agree mm. the great majority of public are violently opposed to pedophiles. So if you do say, oh, all gays are pedophiles, that is incitement to hatred. Why would this bill 
not cover that and prosecute people for incitement of hatred if they it made that cover, statement. Well, I imagine it would cover the it, it would cover something like that in the bill. I mean, that's a nasty thing to say, Stephen. Uh, and I would completely agree with you. It's a horrible thing and nobody should ever say it. Do I believe somebody should be jailed for saying it? No. They should be responsible for what they've said. And if they're, in the, if they're a member of the, of the public or if they're in the public eye, they should probably lose their bloody job for it. But, yeah. should, but should they go they to jail? But should they go to jail for it? No. Yeah, there's, there's another thing to, to say that maybe... Okay, but, so, being held to account, yeah. But like I, I, I'm of a strong opinion that you do not need the weight of the law behind this. You know, yes, there are consequences for what you say, but you have a uh, a uh, society which deals with that. You know, if if you if everyone agrees that it's a horrible thing to say, that person is not going to be treated the same as their peers. You know, we can rely on society to enforce social norms. We don't need the weight of the law behind it, where you have people fearful of going to prison or getting a, 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 a conviction for something that actually might be not that bad, but they think it might be because they go, oh, look at cancel culture, look at where it's going right now. You shouldn't need the weight of the law behind these things to enforce social morals. Okay, stay there for a second because I want to go to another Stephen. A lot of Stevens today. Uh, Stephen in Kilkenny. Stephen, how are you doing? You're on the Loud Boiling Podcast. How are you, lads? How are you, Niall? Good, uh, Stephen. How are you, Alex? What do you think of this legislation? Um, I mean, look, the, the, the attempts to justify uh, the law are, are so uh, infuriating to hear. So I heard, I heard the term used there, held, should be held to account. Mm-hmm. But th- that, what does that mean? So we, we, we heard, like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have a five-year court case over someone's head because someone took offence to something they say. Now, keep in mind, all it takes is an accusation to kick all of this uh, uh, weight of the state against you. Start it all into motion, and all the process has to be followed based on the back of an accusation of a hurty word and then five years of stress and weight wondering is a father going to be ripped out of a home for a jail sentence because he called someone a knacker or something like that now I can say I'm from the travelling community and I can tell you now that if a single person in this country is jailed over that word then, then we have lost our fucking way excuse my French but we have absolutely lost our way. But but during but during the week, you yeah. you know you know Dermot Kennedy came under fire during the week for using the word knacker when he was in an interview in Canada. Now he was referring to being knackered, and they asked him yeah. what that meant. Of course, because in Canada they would have no idea what being knackered means. We say it all the time in Ireland. Jeez, I'm knackered, right? So we say that all the time. It means you're tired. Obviously, he did explain it, and but he went on to say it's also a derogatory term that's used towards me, and. They, the, the travel community came out and said this was insight, this was hatred. And he, well, and he the, ended the, up apologising for it. The travelling community didn't come out and say that. Eileen Flynn came out and said That's that. That's right, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, Eileen, Eileen Flynn has not been voted the leader of the travelling community by anybody. Uh, I will say that John Connors and Martin Beans Ward came out. Uh, I know Martin. I know Martin well. Not yeah. necessarily in defence of the use of the word. Not at all. I think, uh, I think uh, the both of those gentlemen will, will will campaign against the use of that word on, on any mm. uh, chance, and so would I. I don't like the word. However, they came out in defence of of the, the the state of the way that Dermot was treated. That that uh, there I was no, it was but, but, but it was context. Context. Do you know what I mean? Or con- context removed and yeah. intentionally. So I, Eileen Finn had a motivation to push the hate speech bill. And she used her position as 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 a member of of, of a protective 
community uh, and and also as a member of the Shannon in the middle of pushing this bill to to basically hold someone prisoner in their own mind. Like th- this man had a concert maybe a few days after this. The other day, uh, Dermot Kennedy had a concert. Just before he's about to walk onto stage in front of thousands of people to, t- to intentionally take away the context of his words and, and, and throw him to the lions or try to throw him to the lions unless he comes out and apologizes. That was, that was a farmed response and completely disingenuous. I was actually, I I was actually you know what, with the great respect, I was disappointed he apologised. But I, well, but I know why he did. I know why he did. But I'm disappointed that he did because I, don't, I personally don't believe he did, he did that wrong. He did it to save his career. He did it to save his career. Mm. The same way Kelly Harrington apologised. There's a, there's a pattern there that the state and, and the, the state-affiliated uh, NGOs and media sources, they, they work in, 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 in tandem to threaten people of, uh, let's say, people who we idolise, sports stars, musicians, uh, celebrities. They, they hold them to ransom over sm- small little uh, devi- deviances in, in what, would, what would be perceived to be regular discourse. And uh, th- things that, you know, th- this is the society we're building now. Now, this is happening before the hate speech law comes in. What happened to Dear McKennedy could have been a jail sentence. Let's not forget that if this law comes in. And I'm, I'm going to say now... As well, the, well, the House, Minister for Justice said last week, it, she, she was asked about Dear McKennedy, the Minister for Justice, and as far as she was concerned, uh, it wouldn't be. But then she did go on to say that things but, would well, have to that, be defined that, by the DPP. Yeah, but this is it. Is that a contract no, it's not. willing to sign? No. Is, 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 is Harry McIntyre willing to put her name on paper? But, but this, this, oh, is no, what, this is what this is what this is what I'm trying to say to, to Stephen, the other Stephen, uh, the most from Dublin. The most concerning part of this is we have a minister for justice telling us and deciding in her mind what we can and can say and what is and isn't allowable when it comes to speech, which is what people Stephen, the other Stephen in Dublin, have fought for for thousands of years: the right to speak. And yet, here we are, you know, I mean, Stephen, if we go back eight years ago, I said a few minutes ago there to to, uh, Michael Schellenberger, people were out on the streets with candles in this country because an atrocity happened in Paris where artists were killed for drawing a picture of the Prophet Muhammad. And those same people demanded we get rid of blasphemy laws five years ago, and we did, because they didn't believe we need protection, that speech is something that's a human right. Those same people are the ones now telling us that we need now to protect another set of people. In other words, another set of blasphemy laws, but just protect a different group. Yep. And that's the problem, Stephen, in Dublin. Well, the idea of a blasphemy law is to create a privileged class who, who, who will dominate the social uh, sphere. You cannot say boo to them, but you can say boo to them. So when, when like, like we're all, we're all, presumably Catholic background, but a lot of people now will be moving into atheism and, 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 and parting ways with the faith. But uh, I, I remember the days when the blasphemy laws were in and nobody was getting prosecuted because it was so ridiculous 
Six months in jail, twenty five thousand euro fine. Actually, the, the yeah. I think it was the justice minister in Pakistan actually said that he uh, was uh, quite impressed with Ireland's blasphemy laws. When we're when we're impressing people in Pakistan with our blasphemy laws, we certainly know we're in the wrong place. Sorry, Stephen in Dublin. Just come back to what I said. We all stood out in the streets with the candles, just we, Charlene. Mm. We begged for that mm-hmm. human right of freedom of speech that we had fought for for mm-hmm. thousands of years just because people from the Muslim faith were offended by it, you know, and we, we said we had the yeah, right to I, say what we wanted. And here we are. Yeah, and and we still do. And we're, we're talking about <laughs> examples that, you know, Minister McEntee was given two examples and she said, well, under my, I presume under her understanding and interpretation that this wouldn't count. It's not her saying, oh, well, you, J.K. Rowling can say whatever she likes or uh, Dermot Kennedy can use that word whenever he wants. Um, she was giving an opinion on an example that she was asked. The same as you're talking about the Charlie Hebdo cases. I think that the Charlie Hebdo thing was simply that they were being very disrespectful. It is disrespectful to publish pictures of the Prophet Muhammad. It goes against the, the Muslim religion. Should they have been attacked for it and killed for it? Absolutely not. Should the people that did it be at be imprisoned for it, absolutely. But there is the result should they, of the should they be imprisoned? Uh, there is, the result, there is be... the result of the actions that were brought about by one person deciding, ah, I'll get away with this. No, no, no. I, I want to clarify what you said there. I'm assuming you meant the people who planted, who killed them should be imprisoned. Not the, the people, people that killed yes, absolutely. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry, I thought you meant the people who do yeah. the artist impression. No, no, no. Oh. They, they don't deserve to be killed. They deserve to be questioned and held to account, obviously. But what the people that did well, yeah, I, 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 Okay, I want to clarify that too. When you say they want to be held to account, so I draw a picture of the Prophet Muhammad tomorrow. How, sh- how should I be held to account? If you publish it in a national uh, yes, okay. publication or if you put it on your Twitter page, okay. uh, you should be held to account and asked to take it down uh, or risk in, uh, what's the word? Second, required, for the want of a better word. Cause I can't so I should be censored, is what you're saying. You should be told. You should be. T- you should take it down because it is disrespectful to the entirety of the Muslim religion. Well, so is the pride flag. Oh, I'm terribly sorry that my flag hurts your feelings. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry that my picture of Muhammad hurts your feelings. Do you not understand what what parity is? Equivalence. Yes, so I what, fully understand what parity is. But you can't understand the difference. If you have a problem, if you have a problem, if you have a problem with the pride flag, I don't think he has. Don't I think he's, with, with anybody. I, think he's, I understand I, that no, he's doing it. Simply, he's doing it simply to fucking get a rile out of me, but he's not going to. No, he's not. He's when not. The, he's not the, trying to get a rile out of me. He's using an analogy. When the Garda Shia have reported a twenty nine percent increase in hate crimes in the last year. There is a reason for this legislation. But because, well, hang on. Well, you see, again, and, and if you had been listening to the interview that I had earlier on, when you turn around, and Helen McEntee was asked very clearly about this, by the way, by Grip Media, to show the evidence of this. It's all well and good saying a, a crime has been reported as a hate crime. But it, the a crime has just been recorded as a hate crime. That doesn't mean it's necessarily a hate crime. We now record a lot more crimes than we ever recorded in history. People report crimes more than we've ever reported them in history. So, of mm-hmm. course, you know, the, the idea of a hate crime is only a new phenomenon, certainly in the last few years. Because if you committed a crime Not against... Fair. Well, hang on. If you committed a crime against a gay person, say, back in 1975 or 1980, right? And you bed them up because he was gay. Or years ago, that was the kind of stupid thing people used to do, right? Um. That wasn't recorded as a hate crime. It was recorded as assault. Nowadays, these are recorded as hate crimes. So, of course, it's gone up. That doesn't make any logical sense. That's not a reason to bring it in. And we are living in a much more tolerant society, a much more tolerant society than we've ever lived in. 
Can I come in? Yeah. Number one, yes, obviously all crimes are being increased. Uh, the reports are the reports of crimes are being increased, and they're still probably only the tip of the iceberg. The same with rape cases and assault and murder and everything else. The problem is the the statistics for convictions and things that aren't going up because a lot of it mm. either gets jammed up in the DPP or it does it decide they decide that it's not worth their time prosecuting it. Going back to beating the living shit out of somebody and killing somebody, 1982, Declan Flynn. They got away with it because it was murder or uh, manslaughter, and they got away with it. And they shouldn't have. Because it was, they shouldn't have. But if the, if the legislation was actually used the way it was supposed to be used, it would have, and the way this legislation would be used, means that they are doing it motivated and demonstrating and, and hate. Abso- the absolutely, and Stephen and I have no issue with that. Orientation. Stephen, I have no issue. If somebody beats you up because you're gay or beats Stephen or beats Stephen up because he's a member of the travelling community, I have no issue hmm. with you throwing them in a cell and flinging away the key. I have no issue with that. That's not the part yeah. of the legislation people have a problem with. You have a problem, you, you don't have a problem with then somebody shouting, you know, uh, abuses at somebody because they're Muslim or, or people shouldn't uh, do that. From- I, I, well, hold on a second. I've already said well, I do have an issue. Is well, hang on. Uh, hang on. I have, I have an issue. For their actions the and their speech. Well, hang on. I have an issue with people shouting names at you. I have an issue with people calling Stephen names because he's a member of the traveling community. I have an hmm. issue with all of those things. People shouldn't do it. Do I believe they should go to jail for shouting, you know, a name at you on the street or shout a name at Stephen on the street if they happen to notice for whatever reason? He, I don't know. You would notice he was a member of the traveling community, but whatever. Should they have? Should they have an, I have an issue with it. Should they go to jail for it? Should they be prosecuted? No, they shouldn't. In the majority of circumstances, I would agree with you, unless and until it crosses a line or it is persistent and it encourages... But then, but then, you're, but then they're breaking the law anyway because it's harassment. It, yeah. This is the crux of the argument. The line is not defined. You're saying things like, unless it crosses the line, where is the line? When we ask for a definition Where I decide it is, where you decide it is, where you decide it is. So in other words, the victim decides where the line is. You've of just course. admitted there that the line is subjective, right? Now, there is a particular yeah. group of people in society at the moment who believe that that line is inside the door of our house when we want to have private conversations or it's on our social media, and that is unacceptable by the constitutional standards. Social media is a public platform. It's a different... different There are constitutional protections of privacy of the home, of of freedom of speech. These are constitutional provisions. If you think that a piece of legislation has any right to exist stepping over them rights, then you're then you're, you're off the wall. You, you don't understand how the country should work. Okay. We moderate we moderate speech and action in this country based on the public good. Okay, well, ha- well, hang on both of you a second because I have two more callers to get, and I'm going way over time now. John, how are you doing? John Aheron is a pastor. Uh, John, you're in Kildare. You're on uh, the Nile Boylan podcast. Go ahead, John. John, are you there? Oh, I lost you. Probably waiting too long. You just gave up hope. Uh, John, John, how yeah, you doing? There, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, John. Come on. Yeah, hey, how are you? Uh, thanks for covering this important uh, subject. Look, as a pastor, my concern is, I suppose, for Congress to listen to reason. You're, you're not, your phone line is breaking up. Just run up the stairs or out the back garden or something, John. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, look, my concern is the government no longer seems to be capable of listening to reason or the opinion of, of, of the people because, I mean, freedom of speech is rooted in freedom of thought. And so... When they're trying to control the way you think, ultimately, or control the way you speak, it's because they want to control the way you think. I mean, a, a man earlier said, you know, 
don't have an opinion if you haven't read the bill in full. I, I think that's quite troubling because in essence it's saying that you're not even allowed to have an opinion unless you're an expert. I mean, It's like saying you can't talk about children unless you have them, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, like this, this is about the principle of freedom of speech, whether you've read the bill or not. And you don't have to be an expert to believe in having a free society where you're free to say what you think or you believe without being, you know, attacked or prosecuted. And I mean, certainly as a pastor, I've no desire whatsoever to, to disrespect or, or, or see violence shown to anybody. But, you know, the, the, the balance of that is you have to have a free society where you can uh, give your opinion. I mean, I mean, I suppose as a pastor, I mean, there's a lot of gay people would take exception as what many Christians well, believe. Well, they believe, they would, they would believe Christians are bigots, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's fine in a free society. You can you, you completely reject what we believe, but at the same time as a Christian... We've believed this for the last 2,000 years, and we're not going to change. And, you know, personally, I, I, I don't buy into the whole kind of Pride Week, Pride Month, or Pride Season, as the, the you know, Canadian and American government want to turn it into. And so, uh, you know, like I said, there's others that celebrate that, and that's, that's fair enough, but uh, it's not something I buy into. And I think, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a free society, I mean, like I said, freedom of, of speech is rooted in freedom of thought. And if you no longer have that, then you're, you're heading towards this, dystopian North Korea-style uh, reality where you can only give the approved answer or you will suffer. I mean, you know, the, the Bible says in the Old Testament there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. I mean, a good uh, evidence of that is, is Dietrich, uh, uh, sorry, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, you know, there's, there's silence in the face of evil is, in, is itself evil. And uh, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And, you know, if you if you study the decade leading up to World War Two, I mean, in Germany, there was this uh, a continual chilling of of free speech, and um, uh, you know, with with devastating consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, you know, and again, I understand there's many people that aren't Christians don't buy into it, but studying Germany, you see, there was a time when the church needed to speak and didn't, and then the time came when they wanted to speak and they couldn't, and so this is where I see, you know. Uh, the, the 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 fact that hatred isn't defined, um, uh, you know, I think it's it's a very dangerous direction because you know the government themselves acknowledge that this will curtail free speech for the common or the greater good. The greater I mean, good. that's a familiar term. I mean, uh, you might remember they shut down churches, gyms, and private businesses for the very same reason. I mean, the Green Party Senator Pauline O'Reilly said all law is about the restriction of freedom for the common good. Well, who the hell gets to decide what is the common good? Because in my opinion, that makes you some sort of a, 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 a dictator, because, I mean, if you... Well, you're, you're, well, you're the one, you're the, the, the politician, good. you're the one deciding what the common good is. It's a good point. Let me just go to Stephen in Dublin in relation to that. Pauline O'Reilly said we have to restrict people's freedoms for the common good, Stephen. Do you accept mm -hmm. that? Do you accept that we have to restrict freedoms for the common good? And I'm not talking about speeding in a car because there's a gold standard to those things. Somebody used that analogy to me the other night. They say, well, you don't go at 150 miles an hour on a motorway. And I said, no, you don't because you crash a car. And we have facts to prove that. That's a gold standard. We're talking about something that's, you know, a hypothesis. In other words, if we allow people to speak, they might be bold. In other words, do we restrict freedom of speech for the common good, Stephen? <laughs> So one of the yeah, one of the previous callers said that you know with, they were they were raised to know right from wrong at, from a childhood, and we all are based on whatever our uh, morals are uh, and the morals of our parents. So yes, we do restrict rights for the common good. We do not allow people to you know 
attack people for no good reason. We do not allow people verbally. To we're talking. We're not talking about physicality. We're talking about verbally. Okay. I mean, if we you do, if you want to, Stephen. Well, see, here's sorry for interrupting you, but here's the thing, right? We're, you're on a radio show here now, right? Or podcast, mm. should I say? And you're quite entitled to, as far as I'm concerned, turn around and tell John that he's delusional for believing in a God. He's quite entitled, as far as I'm concerned, to turn around that you're a sinner because you're a gay man. And, and I believe that kind of discourse and debate and conversation should be allowed. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, my problem is not with Catholics or Christians or Muslims and things like that. My problem is with a lot of um, church hierarchical structures that call me intrinsically disordered and evil. But, you know, there we go. Uh, so that's my that's that's me using my couple of moments of your generous freedom to criticize. Yeah, and you fire away. You fire you away know? and criticize the church if you want. And if John wants to criticize Pride Week or Pride Month or Pride Season, as mm. he called it in Canada, and America, he's quite entitled to do that too. But my mm. fear is, if we go down this road, and as Stephen rightly said earlier on, or as Alex said, the definition of hatred starts to move and be interpreted differently, that shows like this debate on television, disagreeing with politici- uh, politicians, standing outside buildings, saying refugees go home, will be illegal. You, I mean, I, I'm not encouraging people. People shouldn't stand outside a hotel mm. saying refugees go home. It's not a nice thing to do. If you want to have a debate around the amount of refugees in Ireland, I think that's a fair debate. But but in and saying that... Are, nobody's saying you can't. Well, my fear is that people are saying that you can't. That that will happen. Mm. If this is the way you're interpreting it, that's fine. And this is where, you know, everyone talks about the chilling effect. But nobody in, nothing in the law says that you cannot have this conversation or another conversation around anything to do with anyone's protected characteristics. But, but the legislation it's is targeted. Law, it's targeted at certain people. The legislation is clearly because by the minister's own words, when she gave an example in the Shannon, and she said in relation to possessing material, she said, let's say, for example, a right-wing protester. She didn't say a left-wing protester. She said a right-wing protester. So we can clearly see what this legislation is targeted towards. I have seen left-wing protesters. I have seen Antifa at their best. I have seen protesters, mm. for example, at those women's spaces, uh, organizations where they will hold up signs and say, all turfs should die. They're equally as bad as extreme right-wing protesters. Mm-hmm. But nobody mentions that. And the minister didn't mention that. She mentioned right-wing protesters. That's all mm-hmm. you ever hear from the government is right-wing protesters. So, and more her own fault for not saying left and right and all protesters. Mm. More her own fault. She, you know, I'm sure she regrets saying that. Or not. I, I, don't, I don't think she does regret saying that, to be honest with you. Honestly, I don't think she gives the flying monkeys. But no, anyway, no, not at all. The point of the, as I said, the point of the legislation is simply to hold people to account for the actions and speech that they utter. End of. There's no if or okay. about it. Okay, well, I've, I've got one more call, and I want to come back to Stephen as well, and Kenny, who wants to say something finally as well. Melissa, how are you doing? Very quickly. Hello, um, thanks very much. I just want to ask that gentleman that's talking there, because my blood is boiling here right now, actually. Um, it's not in Dove. It's far from in Dove. Um, you know, that's why there's, I think Sharon Keown has actually AC plus amendments gone in. And there's an amount of amendments from all parties gone into this. So it's not in Dove, Stephen, I'm afraid, um, thankfully. Um, I stood in Limerick and I was doing um, a speech on the amount of suicides of teenagers in Ireland pre-pandemic. I got screened down by LBGT plus 200 of them while I was highlighting the amount of teenage deaths 
Why were why were why were LGBT people protesting you if you were only talking about suicide death? I was talking about suicide yeah, I, young people. I was talking about suicide. It, the same happened to me here. A no, no, I, I want to no, I want to understand, Melissa. I, I'm I trying to understand. No, I was being screened. So, so am I trying to understand? And this is why, why I particularly to to LGBT were, were at you Nasty, over that? I have no Nasty understanding of that. Come get off my streets! Is what I was being screened as a volunteer worker that's bringing out research. Um, to the public on suicides, mental health. I did another one. Was there a particular the piece of that th- that speech thing. that you were talking Scream about LGBT? Scum. Like who gets the who gets scream Nazi scum at me? Yeah, I know, no, but I'm no, no, I'm only I'm only wondering. No, I'm done with them. Melissa, I'm done with the, the, Melissa, I'm completely I'm, confused. I'm confused as to why LGBT people so were protesting you when you were talking so about young people taking their own exactly. lives. Okay, so was there part of that speech? Well, hang, hang on, let me just clarify if I can. Was there part of that speech that yeah. was directed at the LGBT community? Absolutely not. It was all about just teenagers and the statistics. I go out with government reports, like on the sexual assault report, that I hope we can cover at some stage. And again, got screamed at and got attacked. Um, you know, well, so that shouldn't happen, yeah. ways now. And, and you know, the fire left need to know that this can only be used. I have been attacked, my, my car rage put all over the internet, my car, my car being thrown with paint. I have been... They tried to destroy my character on this page called um, Ireland Against Fascist. I'm not a fascist. I'm not homophobic. I'm not a racist. And they have no evidence of that. But they constantly attack me online, okay. in person. I've been physically attacked. And, and there is legislation there. By the way, by the way, can I just point out, there is legislation there to protect you. That if somebody is calling but you... But there isn't. Because well, there was not, the, the Defamation Act is there. Yeah, I've gone through that. I, I have yeah. about six pulse numbers there. It's not been it's not been brought up to the DPP by the cards. No, 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 it's a civil case. It's a civil matter. Defamation is a civil matter. If you know the individuals that are calling you those particular names yeah. and you're not any of those things, you yeah, can take and, a yeah, case of defamation against them. In your back po- if you have 1,000 in your back pocket to fix civil action in this country. Mm, okay, and yeah. they know this. And they know that people can't afford this. You know what I mean? So they just carry on. Okay. Okay. Very, very quick because I've got, I've got about three, I've got about three minutes here. What's your point to get with, with Stephen? I, I'm, I'm unsure why you're kind of angry with Stephen. I, I, he keeps saying, you know, it's over, it's done with. This is it. Um, it's not it. There's an amount of amendments to go through, and there's reasons why we have amendments for the people's voices to be heard, and the people of Ireland are being listened to worldwide, but not in gangster house at the moment, and that's okay. the fear. Okay, sorry, sorry, Stephen in Kilkenny, you want to just have a final rant there before you finish yeah, up? Yeah, so I have, like, just a request to make of a particular individual in this country, the President of Ireland, right? You're a very uh, well-listened-to uh, podcast and radio show, and I'm sure he might hear this. A little girl, seven years of age, member of a minority community, handed in a petition of 10,000 signatures at your gate last week. These signatures came from people from all different types of communities, uh, from the LGBT community, from African communities, South American, uh, Eastern European, Irish, traveller, uh, big nose, small nose, freckled, fat, skinny, you name it. All these people don't want this law. There's a poll underneath Helen McEntee's post on Twitter right now that got 2 million views, her own post, and the poll that I ran under her post got a 90% uh, return that this bill is unconstitutional and, and just i'll finish on this uh, article 40.3.1 the state guarantees in its laws to respect and as far as practicable 
by its laws to defend and vindicate the personal rights of the citizen. This is messing with the personal rights of the citizen. This is playing with it. It's unnecessary. And this is not as far as practicable to protect the, the rights of free speech in this country. This is not as far as we can go. And I think we can go further to protect our rights of free speech. So I'm going to tell everyone in this country to fight this tooth and nail. If it passes, still fight this tooth and nail and be more, be more, uh, be more dangerous with your speech if you have to get this bill shot down. Speak your mind. And don't let anyone tell you what to fucking say. That's all I'm going to say there now. Stephen, thank you very much indeed. And Stephen in Dublin, sorry, do you want to say something finally just before I finish, to be fair? When three attorney generals, including Michael McDowell, have said that this bill is necessary, that's the reason this bill is necessary. And I look forward to the amendments if and when they're actually second published. All right. Okay. All right. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Stephen. And Stephen and Melissa and Alex and everybody else and John and everybody else who got on the show today. I could have filled four hours with people coming on. This is the last stab at it, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Um, and uh, the reason for that is, of course, the government goes into a recess very soon. Uh, the bill has gone through the Shannon. Um, it has gone all the way now. It is up to the President now to sign the bill. I know Melissa mentioned amendments. I, do, I can't see amendments happening now at this late stage uh, to the bill. It will go to the President to be signed. As I said already, I have no doubt the President Higgins will sign it. Um, I don't believe he should. Um, I believe he should pass it on to the Council of State, or I think that's the way it works, or to the Supreme Court to test it for constitutionality, because under the Constitution you have freedom of expression in this country, and that is limitless, by the way. So I do believe that your freedom to speak is now being impinged by this piece of legislation. I think it's very dangerous. I think Alex made a really good point earlier on from uh, uh, Free Speech Ireland when he mentioned that words change, the meaning of words change over years. Yes, hatred may mean one thing now, but may mean something very different in 10 years' time. If I turned around tomorrow, for example, and said I don't believe that a man could become a woman, is that hatred? Of course it's not for me. It's just an opinion, isn't it? If I believe there's only two genders... Is that hatred? No, absolutely not. It's just my opinion. But somebody who's a third gender or somebody who's a man who believes he's a woman uh, would define that as hatred against their community and say that I am casting aspersions on their community and hatred against their community. And before I know it, I have a guard arresting me and I'm brought before the courts. Now, I may not go to jail or be prosecuted, but the very reason and the very fact, as Alex said earlier on, that I'm brought before the courts is enough to damage my reputation, lose my job and everything, all because I had an opinion. That, in turn, will make people not like me because I've never shut up. That's the nature of the show, isn't it? But it will make people think twice about they want what they want to say and what they believe is truth and what they believe is right. Should people be abusive towards each other? Absolutely not. You shouldn't. Should people hurt one another? Of course not. It's already assault. We already have legislation there to stop you from doing that. Should you call each other names? Of course you shouldn't. You shouldn't be personal against one people. Or if you want to make opinion, make it generally speaking. You shouldn't be personal against one individual person. But if you do that, and you call somebody a name, or you call a member of the LGBT community a name, or a member of the traveling community a name, or you call somebody who is black a name, should you go to jail? No, you shouldn't. You can't make speech a crime. We just can't do that. It's the one thing that we have that we're free to do, to use this. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're very right and sometimes we're very wrong. But should we make it illegal? Not a chance. Because it's all open to interpretation. And it would be wrong under every circumstance to jail people for what they say. 
There's incitement to violence in this legislation. And if you go out and beat somebody up and that's motivated by hate, I have no issue with that. We we could argue and debate whether one beating one person up is more important than beating somebody else up just because they happen to have a protected characteristic. You could debate that and say, I don't believe that one person is more important than the other. But realistically, nobody really cares. Because if you're a violent person, to jail with you, I couldn't care less what they do with you. So I'm quite happy with that part of the legislation. I couldn't care less about it. If you want to debate it, we can do that another day. What we do have an issue with is the speech part. And for a Minister for Justice to stand there and take examples from people and say, well, yeah, that one's okay. Oh, I don't know about that one. No, but that's okay. Yeah, Derek Kennedy wouldn't have got prosecuted. Or maybe not J.K. Rowling either. Uh, No. But we'll decide what you can and can't say. As a government, we're going to decide what you can and can't say. I've never decided in all my years of radio what people can and can't say, apart from defamation. I would never cut people off. I might not agree with them. But I've never decided what they can and can't say. But your government are now going to decide what you can and can't say when the president signs that law. You have a last opportunity. Write to your local politician. Write to your local TD. And do it respectfully, by the way. And tell them that you oppose this legislation on all grounds that you believe it's against your constitutional right to freedom of expression in Ireland. And if that goes through, your next opportunity is the next election. Remember, all government parties voted for this with the exception of people before profit for their own reasons, and a few independent candidates who didn't vote for it, and a few senators who who talked against it and voted against it in the Senate, they all voted for it. Most of them probably haven't even read this legislation. I spoke to one Fianna Fáil candidate only recently on the air, and I asked her, was she in favour of it? And she absolutely was. Of course she was. And I asked her, had she read the legislation? She said she hadn't. She's a politician. She should be reading it. She's voting for it. We don't get the opportunity to vote for it. Anyway, thank you very much indeed. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to download this podcast, it will be available in about a half an hour, maybe an hour or so, on our website. We take down the live feed, and you can download it from the website, all the usual outlets, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and all the usual places you get your podcasts from. We would ask you to support us. We would ask you on a regular basis to support us. You can do that by going to our website and subscribing on the website or indeed here on Twitter. If you're watching it right now on Twitter, you'll see a subscribe button up the top if you've already followed me. It's not much to ask for. It's only a fiver. It's the price of a pint of beer once a month. That's all it is. It helps us out so we can continue to provide this show for you every single day. Listen, thank you very much indeed. And I really appreciate you listening. Join us again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.